Are you an investigative professional? Did you know? Hey, did you hear? Investigators Toolbox 2.0 is launching. You won't believe the upgrades that have been uploaded. There's a new user interface and the new PI advisory board is launching soon. Today is the day to join investigators-toolbox.com. That's investigators-toolbox.com. Get yourself set up for the new year right. This is the premier online resource community for investigative professionals. Use code GOODBYE22 and receive 50 bucks off the membership fee. That's a savings of 25%. Do not delay in checking out this site. Just Google Investigators Toolbox or look for a link in the description of this episode. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Matt's still on holiday, but he wanted to bring back this great episode with George Gerges. George wrote a best practices manual for ethics and standards and has made it available for all investigators. Guys like George are treasures to our industry. This one's worth the refresher. Please welcome George Gerges and your host, private investigator Matt Spare. And welcome everyone to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. Well, apparently I'm running out of guests and uh, people to have on the show. So I dipped back into the barrel and I just settled on George Gerges. So George, I'm going to welcome you back to the program, man. How are you? Thanks, Matt. Glad to be here. Like I said, anything I could do to support your podcast, support you and support the profession, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And I'm only kidding, man. I, I love chatting with you and I love having you back on. It's, it's been a while. So I figured uh, we, we'd uh, we'd get on and, and talk about standards of... Um, you know, investigations and, and uh, one of the passions that you have uh, for all that. But before we get into all that good stuff, um, it's been a while. It's probably been uh, almost a year since I've talked to you. I think uh, last time we chatted, it was getting into the, the NALI conference um, in June of last year. Uh, unless yeah. unless you snuck in since then, I don't remember. Uh, but, but what have you been up to, man? What have you been doing? You know, uh <clears throat> Many people have uh, gone through this pandemic and been uh, having work slowdowns and different adjustments. Unf you know, fortunately for us, we've been extremely busy, more busier than the last few years than we've ever been before. The, we've adjusted accordingly and mm -hmm. made changes to the kind of like post-pandemic methods of investigating. Uh, and that's, you know, contacting people and uh, dealing with anxiety, their people's fears and things of that nature. And um, technology has been great. Uh, you know, we're doing a, a video Zoom here on a podcast, but we're using the same technology to interview uh, witnesses mm -hmm. um, and get in contact with clients. So, you know, we've just been, uh, uh, you know, plugging along and uh, been pretty busy with, uh, you know, regular casework. So how's your state? Did they... Um adopt officially like a, a method for doing notaries online at all or no? Uh, they, I don't think they did. Yeah. I, I think uh, there was, there was some talk about it and I'm a notary, but I never followed up with it because we don't, I don't notarize. The reason I'm a notary is so when we take statements that we have um, uh, sworn statements. Right. So I, I never really followed up. It didn't like do a, you know, we don't have revenue building sources or as an ordinary, so I don't. No, know. you can't make money doing that. Um, but you you bring up a good point, and and for folks that are just starting off, 
um, in investigations or maybe you've been out for a little bit, um, you know, having a notary is something it's, it's an absolute must have. And the reason you must have it is exactly what George said. So you're, you're notarizing someone's signature, you're turning it into an affidavit, you're turning it into a, a legal document that the attorney can use um, for like a motion for summary judgment, right? So if they're trying to have a case resolved without having to litigate it out, um, having a statement from somebody that's actually a sworn statement, um, rather than having just a piece of paper that somebody signs that's not actually um, notarized, you can't use it, right? If it's not notarized, you can't use it in that motion for, for a summary judgment. So uh, that's something to keep in the back of your mind, right? If you are not a notary, you should become a notary because it'll take you probably, uh, I mean, heck, my somebody in my office just got their stamp literally yesterday and they passed the, the test in January. So there is a huge backlog uh, in getting that done. But it increases the value of the work that you do. I tell people right away, anybody working for me should have a notary. And I go I, when I speak to other investigators at other firms, uh, is there somebody here that can notarize this for me if I have to do like a process service? And they said, oh, we don't have any notaries. I go, that's crazy. Every investi- every legal investigator yeah. should be a notary. There's no, there should really not be an exception. And um, when you're taking that statement, and like you said, uh, you're entering it as a sworn statement. Also, it puts the witness under uh, penalty of perjury. Yes. yes. And you can do that with uh, an audio statement, too. You announce that you are uh, a notary when you're swearing them in to get a, uh, an audio statement. So that's kind of like uh, investigations 101 when it comes to legal investigations. Yeah. And there's a huge difference on that, right? So if you're if somebody's signing something that says, you know, this is true to the best of my knowledge, you know, like, you know, it, if they're making that that sworn statement, that that's essentially what does it, right? I have read this statement, and under the penalty of perjury, it is true to the best of my knowledge. That specific and exact language should be at the end of every statement that you take. Uh, if you don't have a pen nearby, hit rewind, get a pen, come back and write that down, because it's. It, it, an attorney gave me that advice very early on when I started my business, like to always put that in the statements. And it really, that's, that's one of the things that'll set you aside from somebody else's work. Um, you know, I get it all the time where, where a statement will be taken from somebody and then four or five years later, they realize it's not notarized and they'll hire me to go track the person down again. And the person's like, I don't understand. I signed something already. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't an affidavit. Well, I don't want to sign it now. Cause I've had that happen too. I don't, I did it already. I don't want to do it again. Right. So make sure you do it right the first time. Um, yeah, definitely that, that type of language is, is really important and things are changing too with regards to zoom and, and, and video because now you're able to do this stuff, but you have to do it literally the same way. Like, so in New York, they, they've changed the, the, the law and it's actually in the process of, really being revamped where you're going to have to register with the state as a video notary, you know, to be able to actually do these things. Uh, Yeah. It's a whole problem. I mean, they're trying to collect more money is is my guess, but you know, you got to keep those records, you know, their standards, there is an actual document, like an affidavit document that's going to need to accompany the statement. So you, you do the video statement, um, you have them sign it, you know, a, a copy, if you take video of them signing it, you can throw your notary on it. 
but there has to be a supporting document that goes along with it that has specific language in it. It's, it's really interesting what they're doing. And I can see a lot of things like getting thrown out because, Oh, you didn't follow the rules on this thing. So just the short answer is do it right. The first time, every time. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that sometimes we get, we get hired to challenge those notaries too. So yeah. we, you know, being a notary and working cases where you're challenging notaries on a will or on a document on a mortgage or, mm-hmm. or something of that nature. Um, so we kind of like, you know, the importance of following it, the rules and being correct at the same time, because there's legal significances to what we do. And that's yeah. part of what, you know, we're professional investigators. Well, commercial some investigators. of some of us do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> you know, just the other thing is it, it gives you credibility, right? So if you're, if you have to testify on a case or, or anything like that, you know, they, they'll ask you, what are your credentials? What are your backgrounds? You know, oh, I'm a notary public. Yeah, I'm a licensed private investigator. Yeah, this and that. It just it doesn't hurt you. It only makes you look better. Yeah, and, and in most states, it's considered an office, a state office. You know, you're, uh, you know, you're holding the office of a notary public. Definitely, definitely. And going into uh, things, what, what else have you been doing uh, in this past year? Well, you know, I've been uh, active with... Uh, NALI, of course, the National Association of Legal Investigators. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had a, a couple of virtual conferences and the annual conference. And, and I'm also the president of the State Association in Indiana, Indiana Society of Professional Investigators. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the volunteer work along with the professional work, it kind of keeps you really, really busy. I'm just thankful my kids are grown because it gives me some time to, yeah. to actually work on these projects. So... Yeah, for those of you watching video, George is only 28 years old, uh, even though he looks like he's like 60. So the <laughs> job is stressing him out these days. Yeah, my, my daughter's having a, a birthday this uh, weekend, and I said to her something like, oh, yeah, you're like 22 years old. She goes, Dad, I'm not, I haven't been 22 in a while. And I go, no, in my mind, you're not older than 22. Exactly. <laughs> It's the anniversary of your 22nd birthday, right? <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, you, you are very involved with NAWI, the you know National Association of Legal Investigators. Um, and they've got a conference coming up um, in next month, actually. Uh, by the time this airs, it'll be pretty much a month, um, a month out to, uh, to doing that. So that's in Kentucky, I think, right? Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they got a really good program set up. Uh, I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be there. I'm sponsoring too. Oh, great. Yeah, Investigators uh, box will be present. I'll have a table. Uh, nice. Please come, come visit you. Come visit come bring you some coffee. Yes. Bring some uh, Greek coffee uh, or maybe a bottle of Luzo or something. I don't, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. Who is that? Windex? What is that? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Uh, it has a little different effect. Yeah, it kind of tastes the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. So, uh, really, I wanted to have you on today because um, you you have this this passion for um, ethics and passion for standards and and this belief that across the board, all the way through the country, everybody should be operating, performing at the same level of excellence and and. Um, you know, making sure that there's material out there to educate folks on 
what that level of excellence should be. So talk to me a little bit about that. Well, in, in Indiana, um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm the president of the state association. And what we uh, we've always running into issues with licensing and things of that nature. Right now, everybody's licensed in Indiana, but at some point, uh, there might be a fair, like in some other states, the licensing is has gone away. Right. And how do we distinguish, you know, professional investigators from somebody that is just people? People in our in our industry come from a wide variety of backgrounds, and they can just put a, a sign out says, "I'm a professional investigator." And, you know, the only experience they had was uh, watching the ID channel. Uh, and all of a sudden, they, they think that they can do what we do, sell commercial services. So what we decided to do in Indiana, it, to complement the licensing, we, create, we created a, uh, an accreditation program where the first step in the accreditation program was to uh, create a guideline for quality standards for uh, investigators. and. Most professional investigators, they follow those guidelines. And the accreditation program that we're uh, put together is basically uh, an a, a examination of how people, uh, how firms uh, follow those standards. And most standards throughout the country, and you know, NALI has the certifica- certified legal investigator, and Telenet has the, be a, the, the board accredited investigator. Uh, the criminal defense and training count, uh, training criminal defense investigators training council has the CCDI. Uh, all those accredited, all those certifications and accreditations have been for the individual investigator. What we put together, the program that we're putting together, is something that says, "This is what the firm is held to. This is the standards that we are held to collectively, so we can perform investigative services, performing investigations." managing investigations and operating an investigative business is three separate different things. You can be a great investigator and not be able to manage a case. Right. You can be a, a great business owner and not be able to like run an investigation. So this puts standards together uh, for operating. And some people may know the uh, law enforcement agencies are accredited, nationally accredited agents, something similar to that. So these are the procedures. These firms agree to follow the standards in these procedures when they're conducting their the way they do business, the, when they sell commercial uh, services. So how did you come and, up with, with the guidelines here? Well, the guidelines, it's not something that, you know, we've been investigators for, you know, 30 years. Uh, it was input from a lot of investigative, a lot, a lot of investigators. It adopted many um, guidelines from uh, inspector generals, uh, government agencies, and we put it together to apply it towards uh, the private sector. Right. Uh, we categorized it into three different categories. It's really two categories, but we the the, the first category is what we call the ethical behavior the standards, and that really addresses the individual investigator people working for your firm should adapt certain ethical guidelines the higher the ethics and integrity the individual that you hire the higher the ethics and integrity you bring to your firm and to our profession but that's that's the only section that addresses the individual right the other section is just like general standards which uh 
addresses the qualifications and the due professional care. Um, and then the third section is the quality of the investigations, which addresses planning um, your investigations and planning your operations, executing your investigations, how you're reporting and how you're managing investigative information, your case files, your sensitive data. And there's guidelines to uh, to, to, to everything that, all, all those standards. And, and I'll give you an example, like uh, qualifications. Uh, investigators assigned to the to conduct an assignment must be collectively proficient to to conduct the required task. That makes sense. Just because uh, I'm an investigative agency, did I sell, for example, uh, computer forensics or cell phone forensics? And things are becoming a lot more complicated now in the future. In the future surveillance, so future investigations, it's going to be even more complicated. So having these standards, uh, and it gets expensive. If I say to somebody, I want to dump a phone, it's going to cost you $3,000. Do what I follow the standards? I, I can't personally dump a phone. I don't have the training and experience. Right. But I have to make sure that the person that is assigned to that task better have that. As as a business owner, that's my, my responsibility, my standards. What's well, your, your responsibility to know those people that can do it for you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the responsibility. <laughs> Shout out to Rob and Amber, two episodes in a row. <laughs> Rob Fried and Amber great. Schroeder, yeah. two great, great people, Parabin yeah. and, and Sandline uh, yeah. um, Global. Great uh, it, cell phone forensics. Yeah, and as you can see, di the digital world, the social media, it's becoming more and more complex. And yeah. the regular uh, standard that we had, consumer beware, you know, is is more of a tool that people use to take advantage of consumers, especially uh, private sector, private clients that just hire uh, or firms that specialize in private clients. A private client will hire you one time, maybe twice in their life. They're not somebody that hires investigators on a regular basis. So it's easy to fool them. Um, so the standards book is not only valuable for investigators but it's also valuable for the general public to protect them as well so is there something where where you're envisioning having some sort of website or something where you know companies can be listed as being you know part of this accreditation process well uh it, the we're actually in inspired indiana society of professional investigators this is our 50th year so they've been around since uh, 1972. I can't believe you've so, been in the, in that association for so long, dude. Yeah, no, <laughs> I feel like it. <laughs> but, so we're actually August 11th. We're actually doing a, a program, and we're kind of go we're overseeing that in a conference in South Bend, Indiana. Mm -hmm. So if anybody goes to IndianaInvestigators.com, uh, there's going to be a little bit of an oversight. But once we implement the, the accreditation program in full, then people would be able to uh, become a member of, uh, of INSPI and then apply for accreditation for their agency. And, uh, you know, there's a, 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 a simple application and then they would have to fulfill the obligations of the standards to make sure that they're following the, the standards. That's great. Another marketing tool, you know, like... Yeah. We're, we're an accredited it, business within the industry, right? 
Yeah, and if, you know, uh, God forbid they take away our licensing, at least there's a distinction between uh, firms that um, follow certain standards and firms that, you know, uh, are are documented to follow certain standards and firms that are that are not. And it would also, you know, data providers that provide us information because we have security clearances, you know, agencies, public agencies that give us uh, security clearances because of our licensing. Uh, you can't just say, I, I, want, I want to use that. So it, it gives them a tool also to uh, provide those services to a higher level uh, of a quality investigator. And not just anybody that's just going to take that information and resell it. And it causes all these problems for us. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep, keeping the bad actors out of the business pretty much. Yeah, that's really important. But we're going to jump out real quick and, and take a quick break for sponsors. But when we come back, I just want to keep hammering down uh, on these standards and, and practices. So uh, everybody sit tight. We'll be right back. You guys have been hearing uh, for a long time about how much I love Crosstrax, but now you're going to hear from somebody else. So we got George Gerges here. George is a member and a user of Crosstrax. George, tell me real quickly what you love about Crosstrax. The simplicity of using it and the ability to customize everything that you could do with Crosstrax is awesome. It actually allowed me to take the way that I do my business and implement it into their system. And not only am I able to manage 10 or 15 cases, I'm able to manage 50 to 100 cases with the same effort. Fantastic. So Crosstrax, um, the case management system, they are SOC 2 certified. Basically, that's an encryption, really an upgrade. They're the only ones out there that are doing it. So please support this great sponsor that supports our show. Uh, Check them out. The links are in the show notes. Crosstrax, if you're an investigator, you should be using them today. Check out the PI Institute of Education at piinstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. Are you an investigative professional with an international problem you can't solve? Conflict International has the knowledge and relationships to jump in for you. We compensate investigators for referring cases to our office. Contact us today for details. Conflict International uses insight, intelligence, investigation, risk management, and strategic solutions to solve problems troubling individuals and companies of all kinds, anywhere around the world. Whether you're planning to hire a person to a position of trust, carry out due diligence on a company, trace hidden assets, or require skilled boots on the ground, Conflict International investigators can seamlessly pursue a case across borders, offering a truly global solution. Find out about our extensive range of services at conflictinternational.com. Conflict International, global reach, international knowledge. Looking for an insurance agent that puts you first? Every PI business is different. That's why OREP Insurance can shop multiple markets to ensure you get the best coverage to meet your unique business needs. 
BORAP's model is business by the golden rule, and for over 20 years, they've built their business by putting their clients first. So come enjoy a fast online application and same-day certificates of insurance at OREP.org. OREP has coverage for armed investigators, executive protection, and even has a separate policy for security firms. The application takes less than five minutes, so visit OREP.org today. OREP.org. Get the latest issue of PI Magazine, available online or hard copy. Visit PIMagazine.com to learn more. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. We are joined today by George Gerges. George, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, Matt. Of course. So we are talking standards and practices and the importance of uh, having accreditation and holding a certain level of the, the expectation of the of work that you do. And it, it's so important in our industry because so many people decide to get into this business without any real background. I mean, they've got the, the law enforcement background or some sort of criminal justice background. Um, you know, uh, maybe they've worked for somebody for a few years and they've got a little bit of, you know, some experience in, in how to do this stuff. But nobody really tells folks, like, how to run a business, what to charge, the process of, of how to actually process the work when it comes in and, and how to do it. So it's it's kind of refreshing to have some sort of manual or something that, that kind of gives you the heads up on what to do, right? Yeah, and, you know, we created the guide, and I'm pretty sure we, and if it's it should be posted on uh, the Investigator's Toolbox. Yeah, it's there. If anybody, anybody's listening, that if they... Uh, it also it's available on the Indiana Investigators dot com on our uh, Inspire website, and if anybody's listening, want to send me an email, I'll send you a, a digital copy of it. Uh, and the the guide is pretty much designed to be implemented into any 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 uh, operation of any type of firm. I don't care what if you specialize in insurance, if uh, claims investigations, if you specialize in uh, personal injury investigations, the guide is sufficiently broad enough to to fulfill all that all that diversity. And it's just basically a framework to perform high quality investigations. This these are this is like the the framework that if you put it into your into your firm, you should be able to to proceed and c- conduct yourself in high standards and quality and also provide to the uh, American consumer the quality investigations that they deserve because that's what we're here for. We have played an important role in uh, as investigators. We play an important role in uh, of many aspects of the of the American justice system and the business system and uh, allowing people to handle their personal affairs you know, with the privacy and dignity that's deserving of an individual. And, you know, we're selling commercial services to accomplish that. So we have to act accordingly and be professional. We just, like I said, uh, not just because we had a little bit of investigative experience, all of a sudden we know how to manage cases and we know how to operate a business. Sure. You you know, it's crazy because, you know, you work so hard to get those clients and it's almost like you got one shot. Um, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the one in Dunquants, I'm talking about, you know, law firms and stuff like that. Like, cause you really put a lot of effort to get the, the business and, you know, and it, it'd, it'd be such a shame to get that shot and just blow it because, you know, you're not organized enough. You're, you you do not really, 
know what you're doing. You know, the, the other suggestion that I would make is to go to, you know, state associations events and national association events and really, um, you know, look for a mentor you know, really get involved. And uh, there are so many folks like George um, that are out there that they, they want to give knowledge away. Like they, they're more than happy to, to instruct you in the right way to do things. Uh, but if you're not there, if you don't participate, you're not going to meet these people. You're not going to do it. And, you know, I get it. It's an investment. You got to take time off to go and do things, but it's, it's something that really you should do. It's, uh, it's really important. If, if you, if you want to be in business more than a year or two, you, you got to take that time to make yourself better at what you do. Right. Yeah. It, 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 developing your, per, uh, your knowledge skill set. That's, uh, what we do. Um, yeah. And I think I've heard statistics, you know, 50% of the people that are investigators today will not be investigators uh, three years from now. And that's one of the reasons why they don't increase their knowledge in uh, conducting their, their skill and their trade and their business knowledge. And um, one of the biggest problems I have when I'm soliciting uh, work from attorneys or people that should be using investigators is not that they use an investigator and they want it. They, they want to, they, they haven't used an investigator. Uh, my biggest problem is people that have used an investigator and have been disappointed yeah. by the use of investigators. Yeah. And then it's harder to get a, a, a somebody to actually trust another investigator. So bad actors or people that are doing uh, substandard work are really hurting everybody in the industry collectively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, it's, you see it all the time in, in, you know, these, newspaper or news news sources that you know it, it, the sexy story right you know pi uh, screws it up again or causes problems again you know pi uh, invaded this person's privacy and, and you know sold data to somebody like you, you see that stuff pop up all the time and um i i remember reading something i think it was in vice or one of these trashy uh web reporting places and they, they were um, they had called a, several different PIs and they, they were trying to get comments from them. And it's like, they're like, wow, like an, a news agency is, is contacting me for a quote. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk to you about it. And then they're like, they give them some sort of quote and then it gets twisted and manipulated in, in a way that it probably didn't intend. Next thing you know, like they're, they're like doing damage to our industry and they don't even realize they're doing damage. I mean, at least I, I would hope they don't realize they're doing damage. But like somebody was talking about like running social security numbers or like how easy it was and all that. And it was like, it was twisted in a way that they were actually doing that work. And it's, that's not what they said. They were just talking about how easy it was to do it. Not that necessarily that they were doing it. Um, and of course it was twisted, right? Um, so you got to be really, really careful of that. I, I mean, I have a strict policy when it comes to press. Like I don't, talk to reporters about the work I do. I don't, you know, no comment. Yeah, that's, and that's pretty much, you know, our policy too. We don't talk about, obviously we don't talk about cases that we're working and when they want the general oversight, uh, we'd be happy to give them the, the, the same thing. We talk about the standards that should be out there, right. what is expected, but we're not, we're not discussing, you know, how, you know, uh, methodology on how we do things. Mm. The, uh, only thing that uh, I, I may say, or and I think it's important for everybody to know, and some one of my like pet peeves is, uh, you know, a, a client says, "I want you to do this," and the investigator says, "Okay, I'll do it." 
uh, without asking, you know, what's the purpose of this? You know, oh, yeah. uh, dump this phone, for example, or I, I don't know what it, whatever example. Uh, the way we do investigations should not be, uh, it should be client centric, but not client driven investigations. Yeah. The, the investigations, the way we do them and the proper way to do them are lead generating investigations. You know, you follow the evidence. That's that's how you do it. The purpose, the you know, you create a scope and you create a, a purpose for your for your investigation. Every case that you should have, you should have a scope instead of a client saying, well, I want you to watch this person or do surveillance on this person. What's the purpose of that? Yeah. And you tell me what the purpose is, and then I will tell you the investigative strategy that we're going to use, not the other way around. Or what's the purpose of, of your profession? What standards are you following if you're just uh, a tool for anybody to to do whatever you want them to do? That's that's a hired gun. That's a, a fixer. It's not an investigator. Call Mr. Wolf, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Wolf, take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> blood's so hard to get out (laughs) uh you know it's it's crazy and you you see that stuff happening and it's like frustrating when it happens um and then you know you you got some politician or somebody that's trying to make a name for themselves and and they're looking for buzzwords and and keywords that are going to get them elected right what's their motivation they want to either a term or they want a second term or a third term or whatever you know so it's like okay what's what's the buzzword data privacy right that's a big one and now all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, you got these shady private investigators because that's that's all everybody thinks we are. You know, or, you know, we've got our trench coat and our fedora and we're hiding in the shadows and, and doing all that, you know, and, and it's it's so silly, but that's just what it is. And and nobody knows better, right? So it's like being involved with NCISS and going to Washington and talking to these politicians or, or people within their offices. And it's like, hey, this is what we do. And they're like, I had no idea, right? I had no idea that that, that you could, how useful you guys are, or why you're needed to do all this stuff. And it's like, when those bills come across, and they don't like, uh, they don't, they can't put two and two together, or they don't know. It's like, oh yeah, data privacy is important. No carve outs for anybody, you know. It's like, mm, I'm going to get behind this, and they don't, they don't realize. Big problem. Yeah, and we're an easy target because. Um Traditionally, there's been so much uh, uh, publicity for uh, investigators, whether it's through the movies or whether it's uh, through uh, articles or media. And we're a small group. We're you know less than a hundred thousand in private investigators in the United States in a in a country of three hundred million people, over three hundred million people. There's less than a hundred thousand of us servicing that many. That that's that's enough work for everybody all the time if you right. but you have to be able to do it uh uh with quality and standards it when somebody when somebody picks on us we're a small group collect you know overall we're a small group but yeah. the effect that we have uh on the american justice system on the american business system and on people's personal lives is enormous people don't call an investigator uh because of something minor we call it because this is the most significant thing happening in their life they got charged or they got a custody issue or they're they got injured the, the, these are things that we help them along with and life-changing events you know, yeah yeah it's crazy um, i mean i don't know how helpful you are but <laughs> I, try. I, try. <laughs> I try to be helpful 
I gotta be nicer to George. I mean, George is gonna shoot me a note later, like, "Hey, man, remember, I got. I'm gonna meet you in, uh, in about a month. I got in, something for you, in buddy. Louisville. In Louisville, it's it's a slugger. <laughs> and I did see an email come across that uh, we're gonna be visiting a bourbon distillery. Yeah, unfortunately, so, I'll be on I'll be on a plane on my way home. I'm I'm gonna miss that one. Yeah, it's, I'm kind of uh, bummed about that. So, uh, I don't know. I I, could, I was gonna be on a plane too, but how can you miss that? Yeah, yeah I, I've been traveling a lot. I get around these days, um, yeah. and I am looking forward to going there actually because I've never been. It's going to be my first first trip down to Louisville, so um, super excited. And I just I love the the Nally family. Is yeah, it, it, and and what's so interesting is, is that like these this this article this pamphlet thing that that you book that you wrote <laughs> it's literally a book um you know it's that booklet yeah. book booklet right it, it's birthed from the relationships of, of all these folks you know of, of just you know guys like us that have just been in it for so long and and it's like we're gonna we're gonna leave the next generation something right you know it, it and you know you're 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 quickly um gaining the the reputation george of um you know, someone like, like Kitty, you know, someone that, that it's just like, okay, when it comes to ethics, when it comes to, you know, doing, you know, the standard practices and things like that, you know, let's get that Gurkha's guy to go and talk to everybody because, you know, he, he, he knows what he's talking about. Right. What a con job. Congratulations, sir. Well, thank you. I, <laughs> I, I didn't realize that, but I, I just tried to, uh, you know, there, there's no uniform code of, conduct yeah. for an agency throughout the country and that would be great if we did have something that hey uh hey listen to start what you're doing you know yeah why can't new york adopt why can't the new york association take that that um, wonderful booklet that you have there and just you know change the 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 crest on the cover <laughs> to the new yeah. york association like why or, not yeah. why why can't we just create one and uh it gets adopted by multiple agencies or multiple right. states you know it's just it's nothing that says that you know uh we can't improve on it uh, and it's and it's and it's purposely called a guide yeah. because it gives you guide it, there's some must you know there's some stuff in there it says must uh, do but these are the, these are the guide on how you can accomplish what must be done, yeah. and uh, everybody does it a little bit differently. Um, and uh, just a quick example, uh, you know, detailed invoicing that should be something that every that's a that should be a standard. But yeah. uh, how people accomplish that, how they put together their invoices, there's uh, literally hundreds of ways. But they have to meet certain standards. You have to be able to explain uh, all the work that you did reporting guidelines how did you report this you know uh the standards have to meet the you know did you report on all the relevant aspects of the case that's something that should be done on when you're taking a job report on the relevant uh, the relevant aspects of the case whether it's verbally or written those are like the, the guidelines for each individual agency right but um there, sh there, sh there should be uh the the guidelines where it says hey Okay, I can't report on everything because I ran out of money because I ran out of funds. So there has to be something in there that says these are my recommendations. If you get more funding, we need to continue the investigation accordingly. Right. That should be a, that should be something that's you know basic, but uh, and, and like I said, you it, you'll be able to recognize uh, quality 
uh, versus not qu- not quality and have a better quality control for any any investigative firm it's if you just com- go through the guide. It's common sense. I mean, uh, ask anyone in Colorado, you know, how they would feel about having some sort of you know standards uh, procedure booklet these days. I'm sure they would be all for it. Um, you know, because when the licensing goes away, you know, if you can have some sort of accreditation, some sort of you know, hey, um, you know, this is, these are standards you're, you're expected to be held by. It just adds credibility. Uh, and again, it's good for marketing and, and all that good stuff. Um, it happens in Colorado. It could happen anywhere. Oh, it could happen true. in any state. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, and you know, it's, it's so great, you know, that, that somebody identified this and said, okay, you know, like I'm going to start putting something together and hopefully, you know, states like California or Texas or Florida, these these big states with tons of investigators, like they start embracing this stuff and really, um, you know, pushing it forward and uh, you know, putting on on the uh, on the front burner, per se. You know, like that that's that'd be really cool. We would love to have all the help we can get. Indiana is a small association, population wise, it's a smaller state. It takes money and and uh, resources to accomplish everything. And so far, everything has been done by volunteers, Mm -hmm. uh, supporters and sponsors like the Investigative Toolbox, PI Perspectives, uh, some data suppliers, some insurance companies that Mm -hmm. provide uh, a a little bit of funding so we can support these projects and a lot of volunteer work by a lot of people. And the more people that get involved, the more resources we put into it, the the uh, the more we can get the word out and the more benefit we can be to the profession yeah that's it's all good stuff you're doing man i, can, I commend you so we're going to wind down here because uh, i think i've had enough of you uh i've met my quota <laughs> for, for the year <laughs> for gurgis um but all joking aside man I, I i love you i love what you're doing it, it, it's so great i can't wait to see you man i can't wait to hang out with you um and uh you know, God, it's, it's like a month, you know, by the, by the time this episode airs, it's, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Um, so Georgia, if folks wanted to send you hate mail, uh, where would they send it to? The name of, uh, my company is investigative support unit, mm-hmm. www.investigativesupport.net, investigative support.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, all my contact information is on there. Uh, my email, my, they just look under George Gergis and they have direct phone number to me and, uh, emails and but uh, investigative support.net great um man it's a, a pleasure as always thank you for coming on thank you for being a good sport and putting up with my uh <laughs> Matt, busting I, your no, I, you do a great job in the investigators toolbox uh, that you put together that's a great resource for and it's helped out a lot of people yeah. and you know, you keep up the good work and I'll be here to support you as, as much as I can, buddy. I appreciate it, man. And thanks for listening. This was a great episode. We hope you gathered greater insight from George. We also want to say a special thanks to Crosstracks, PI Institute for Education, OREP, and Conflict International for sponsoring our show. So please support our great supporters. Have you thought about joining the InvestigatorsToolbox.com yet? Now's the time to get on board and join the fastest growing digital community for investigative professionals. If you use code GOODBYE22, that's the number 22, you'll save 25% until January 8th. So climb aboard now, and that'll help support the future of this podcast. 
If you have a question or comment about the show, email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next week with a brand new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.